Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Kulturama with Diva. Hello, Kulturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting, extra special, inspirational moments episode with Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTD, and Caribbean Professionals, LLC. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both, let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. So we have an amazing, inspiring gentleman, a man of God. He is a deacon, a friend, a chaplain to my company, and I'm really happy um, to have him here. Let's welcome Bill A. Morris, Mr. Bill A. Morris. Hello, sir, Bill. It's my pleasure to be with you today, and a joy be in your presence. Oh my God, people, you hear this announcing voice of a nice announcing voice. It's like, what's going to happen now? <laughs> so, Sir Bill is from Jamaica, but resides overseas. So, Sir Bill, tell us about who is Bill Morris? Well, in a nutshell, or as they would say, in a basket. <laughs> Bill is a young, young a gentleman who was born in Jamaica in mm-hmm. the parish of St. Anne, in a little district called Middlesex in St. Anne, to the mother and father of Binny and Alanza, which today mm-hmm. my mother is still living and my father's deceased, and to the mm-hmm. proud grandparents of, of Henry and Rosa Hutchinson. Grew up in a country life, grew up as a young lad, but not realizing that I would have faced difficulties as a young child. But at the age of about seven months old, that's when they discovered that this gentleman had a problem, had a visual problem. It took almost over 40 or more doctors, as to what I was told, to discover what was going on at the university hospital. Surgery was successfully done, according to what I was told at the age of about seven months old, regained regained vision. Then in the later years, a lot of people advised my parents and said, 
please don't send him to regular school because they don't want no trouble. And my uncle and everybody were fair. Everybody was like fair. I'm like, as a young lad, when I'm hearing the stories. And then there was a very close friend to, to the family and he was, he had a shop right beside our house. And he made sure he told my mother and he was all, they used to call him Pluto. And Pluto would say, you see that young man? He's going to grow up to be a good, a, a very good man. But trust me, y'all have to send him to the right place. Then I guess eventually my parents heard about the Salvation Army School. Then one day, um, some people came to my house um, seeking me out. And that was when it was discovered and I was sent in 1965, about 64, 65. I attended the Salvation Army School for the Blind as a young child. It was fearful, fearful, fearful knowing the first time I was brought there and my, and my parents to leave me. Mm -mm, that was dreadful. Mm -hmm. knowing, leaving home at such an early age. But there's so much to this life as grow, growing up in my years in school mm -hmm. and graduated in 1977, launched out into the world of openness, accepted the Lord as a young man from an early age, launched out into the church, launched out into various different organizations, trying to help other people trying to make my life as an example to others. Um, then I remember at a young age, one day I was sitting under a, a tree and I was reading a book. And it's like I just heard a voice said, get up, get up and go. <laughs> and I look around me to see who it was, but I didn't see nobody. Yes. And I said, I heard the voice again said, get up. And I'm like, when am I going to get up and go? So I said, okay, I got up and brushed myself off and closed the book. And I stood up and said, so go where now? Follow the instructions. And same time I saw my sister came and she, she handed me a note. And she said, they have elected you to be the speaker this Sunday at church. Wow. And I'm like, who telling us that me can't speak? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Those were my younger, even in my younger days, before I even go further with that, even in my younger days, I remember as a little boy putting a milk can on top of a uh, broom and had a table. And I would, there was a little passage between the house and the shop. And I would sit in that passage and pretend as if I'm on radio. And I remember one day, and I was saying, Mr. Speaker, on behalf of the country, we need to take a stand for better living. And people were literally wondering, who is on the radio today? I wonder if I hear some government official be on the radio today. There must be some people were literally going to their radio to find who was speaking. But only to know it was this, only this little boy with a milk can and a boom, imitating people. That's what led me. I didn't know anything about public speaking or anything. I didn't go to any school for any public speaking or anything. None of that. All of what I had to have today is a gift from God. And as I said, I got up and I asked them how they knew that. And they said, okay. And the, Sunday, the Friday evening, I went to their youth meeting with them. And the youth director came and said, um, will you be willing to speak for us on Sunday? 
would like for you. We heard that you can do it. I'm like, I'll think about it. And the Sunday I went, anyhow, I accept and I did. The Sunday, my first message was wading out into the waters. The waters are too deep. But how many of you are willing to wade out? Why stand on the shore and watch others wade in? And it was all about people having an intent to watch others do all the work and they sit back with their hands full and do nothing, but they want to get paid, they want to get compensated for nothing at all. That was what my message was all about. That message brought a lot of the church to a halt. And that was where people recognized my ability to speak and my ability to be who I am. In my years of school, I enjoyed school very much because I, I didn't even think about all of this being a speaker and all that when I was in school or a singer or on any of that. I knew I had the gift of using my hands and um, I was taught industrial art. I, I became a cabinet maker by trade and build lamps and all those sort of things, bedhead. And that's because that was just me. If so if you happen to go to the school right now, you'll see a model of the school, which I helped to build with a gentleman by the name of Mr. LaRose. And he showed me how to do it. And we wanted was to do a, um, one also of the old school, what the old school looked like versus to the new school. But we didn't get the opportunity to do that other one. But the, the whole construct of the old school is still in my, in my mind. I can sit and close my eye and draw out what the school is like. And my years of schooling was very good. Enjoyed my years of school. Enjoyed all that I had to. The Christmas parties and the concerts and everything. And then coming out of school and seeing that I could give back to my community just the same. I became the founder of a, a, a cultural group which was called Shining Star, which I helped a lot of young people who were dropped out, dropped out of school young people who didn't have any direction in life, young people who want to find who they truly were. In all of this, I had volleyball, netball, and all those things involved and did concerts and different various different activities and being active in not just my church. I was assigned to several other churches also. Then I transferred from there to another branch of churches and did that was a church I left when I left in Jamaica and came to the United States and I still carried on with all my tasks. But later in my years, mishap. Could you elaborate more about how did you choose your faith? Well, how I chose my faith is I, I had an intent of reading the Bible when I was young. And I would look at the scriptures and I would examine the scriptures. And I would listen attentively when I go to various different places and messages that were preached. I, uh, as I said, I've, I've gone into Methodist. I've listened to how the Methodist ministers preach. I've gone into a Baptist. I listened to how the Baptists preach. I've gone into Pentecost. I listened to how the Pentecost preach. I've been in the Salvation Army. I listened to how they preach. And I put all of these together. And then I said, I have to assess. There was one time, time in my life I wanted to be a part of the Salvation Army. But then, after I in, investigated a little bit more, I said, mm -mm, too much of my freedom will be gone. 
I won't be able to do some of the things I really want to do. I looked at the Methodists. I stayed with the Methodists for a while because that's where I grew up as a young boy, mm-hmm. going to Sunday school and everything. So I stuck in the Methodist for a good period of time until I realized to myself, I have to go further beyond this because there were more, much more for me to do than what Methodist has to offer. They gave me a hard time in the beginning until some, uh, I can remember a pastor by the name of Reverend Goff who came and realized the potential I had along with a gentleman, my um, nephew's grandfather who realized the potential I had and the gift of speaking, and that was where. But that was how I chose my faith, by just going through the Bible and listening to various different, you know, speakers all over. And I grew up to, on Billy Graham and things like those, and I, and I just love what I heard when I heard him on the radio or, or you know, catch him in magazines I would read with mm-hmm. about Billy Graham. And that was how I chose my faith, through the Billy Graham whole thing and all of that. Amen. So let me ask you, as well, coming from a man's perspective now, what are some misconceptions about faith from a man's perspective? I've heard from a woman's perspective, only from a woman's perspective. Well, some of the concepts that I've seen is, and I try to tell people all the time, the Bible declares it to test the waters, test it for yourself. And it also says, it's not every wind that blows you must follow. You see, you have to learn how to examine the difference between Christianity and uh, um, Christianity and Christianity and Christianity and religion, because there's a difference between religion and Christianity. Christianity is following after Christ. Religion is a man-made made laws and rules and regulation that you have to follow and you, and you have to be careful because some of these laws the man-made thing has it will get you into what is called a cultism and all of that and lock you down and shut you down and they come with all these theories and all these beliefs and it just throws you into a diverse that you, you build up a mindset that there is no christ and that christ does not exist but if you truly believe that God is, because, you know, the word of God says it for, in the, from the beginning of time when he created the foundation of the world. In the beginning was, in the beginning was the world and the world was God and became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So there is a difference between Christianity and religion. And we have to learn the difference as we go along. And as men, and oh, we have to be careful how we exempt our faith and how we choose who to follow who to listen yes so true so let me ask you still sticking from a man's perspective um what are some of the toughest and hardest sorry and, and easiest parts about the faith you know transitioning well transitioning from faith as I said, it's always best to look at the scriptures. Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Even though you don't see it, you hope for it, even though you don't see it. Faith, and it tells you all about the men and women who stood up by faith. Because it's by your faith. And what is faith? Faith is trusting 
faith is believing, having faith, because the Bible says faith without work is dead. Show me your faith, I show your work. Show me your work, I show your faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. That's why the scripture says in the book of Matthew, you have to have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Any of us have ever seen a mustard? I've seen a mustard seed and I had to literally use a magnifying glass to really look at it. Because that's how small it is. So even if we have faith just as small as a grain of mustard seed, think of the wonders that it can do. Because if mm -hmm. you have faith, like I've got that, you can speak to the mountains and say, mountains be moved. And it moves. It's by your faith. It's by your perception. Awesome. It's the belief you have. So you have to trust. Trust and confidence. And hold on to what you believe. If you believe that, that if you sit on that chair, that chair is going to hold you. That's your faith. How many of us, when we go into a, before we lay down on a bed, we test the bed to see if the bed is going to hold us up. We don't. We just go lay down or we just go sit on the chair. Yes. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't consult it and say, will this chair hold me up? No. We just sit. So that's faith. Faith in action. So you have to have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, and trust and believe, because faith without work is dead. Where do you stand on premarital intimacy? Wow. Wow. The Bible teaches so much when it comes to marriage. But we have never really seen where in the Bible, because I'm still searching through where the Bible really the only thing the Bible says I can recall is not wise to live unequally yoke. What is unequally yoke? Unequally yoke simply means one who is a who is faith has a strong faith and one who has no faith whatsoever. And how two blind, as the scripture says, can two blind walk? The blind leading the blind. You see, when you look at the scriptures, you have to learn to understand what the scripture is saying. Read between the lines. When God spoke, he spoke a lot. He spoke, Jesus spoke. He spoke in a lot of parables. And what is a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And that's why we have to learn how to understand what is a parable, learn what is the scripture is saying to us. So when it comes to marriage, marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman. A man and a woman. One man, one woman. What does purity mean to you in a relationship standpoint, as in a man and a woman? Purity simply means cleansing. Purity comes from the word cleansing. Wholesomeness. You're pure. A pure relationship. Honesty. Trustworthy. Confidence. You must have a pure, that's your meaning, you must come clean to each other. You can't come with things hidden. And then later on down the road, you find out that this is so, that was not a pure relationship in the beginning. You got to let go of all of the baggages and all of that before you enter into that marriage. And that's why I always tell people marriage is a very honorable thing. It's just like um, a friend of mine was telling me last night about a marriage. This couple, um, the husband is about a hundred and something, and the wife is a hundred, because they are like three years apart, Whoa. and they have been married for eighty-two years. Oh my god! 
82 years. No, that has to be love. That has to be a pure, clean marriage. Purity. Because the Bible said, blessed are the pure in heart. Yes. In the book of Matthew, blessed are the pure in heart. So you have to have a pure heart. You can't, you can't go into a marriage with corrupt, in corruption. No. All the corruption, all that must be killed before you enter into marriage. Amen, my Kill brother. the flesh. Wow. Just a reminder, folks, that I'm speaking with the intelligent mm. Deacon Bill. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTV, and the Caribbean Professionals, LLC. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Back with you, Sir Bill. So let me ask you now, what are your spiritual views about finances, tithing, and debts? Wow. Very beautiful subject. God teaches financial. He teaches us that we should tithe and we should bring our offering or offering to the storehouse. Our offering when we give offering and tithe is not for the pastor, is not for the deacon, is not for any other leaders. The offering and tithe is to help to facilitate the church, the body of Christ. The Bible says 10% is all he asks you for. One tenth. One tenth. One tenth. If it's a hundred dollar, all he asking you for is ten dollars of that hundred. The ninety dollar is yours. If it's one, if it's ten dollars. He asking it all he's asking for is one dollar of that ten dollar. If I should look back, look at the woman with the widow's might. She gave all she had. Mm-hmm. Time and talent are important too. You bring your time and your talent. You may not have the money, but you have time, give it. And your talent, you give it. You use it for the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's a little song I remember learning when I was in Sunday school. It says, You have a talent, use it for the Lord. If you do not use it, you will surely lose it. And I always want to protect what I have, so I don't want to lose it, I always say. But it is important to tithe and to tell it, and to, and to give your tithe. You will receive good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let me share a little story with you before I go. There was a gentleman, and he promised God that he would tithe and that he would give to the church mm-hmm. of his good because he had a merchandise store and he was selling so the Sunday he went to church but he refused to give mm-hmm. and when he went back the Monday morning to his business he realized all the roll of material that he had was eaten up by rats wow cut every roll that goes to show how important you prompt you made a promise to God and you must always keep your promise. If you made a promise that you're going to give a hundred dollar, make sure you give that hundred dollar. If you want to see blessings come back to you, 
and I'm talking about blessings in good measure, pressed down, shaking together. It don't must come back to you in money. It can come back to you in various different forms. Yes. I've seen my life blessed in giving my tithes and my offering. I can tell anybody that tithe, it brings blessing. Because I've seen my, I've never been out of funds. Sometimes I wonder where I get it from, but God provide. God Amen. always provides for his children. Amen. So, you know, it is, it, it is a must to tithe an offering and your first fruit, first fruit, that's very important to your first fruit to give to God is to build and to edify the body. It's not for any pastors like I see people pouring out yes. pastors and everything like they think is what. And then buy big jet and all of them stuff. Come Woo! on now. And this congregation sit and suffer. Come on. Hey. It's not right. So you have to give to God to build his kingdom and to enhance the kingdom and to carry out. The light bill has to pay. The water bill for the church has to pay and all those things. And that's what your tithes and offering does. And then you have what is known as a benevolent fund, which you help the shut in and the poor people who cannot help themselves. True. That's what your money goes to do. Let me ask you, Sir Bill, what are you most passionate about in life? I'm passionate about people on a whole. People, how they live, how they go about their daily life. Children on a whole. I hate to hear when children get hurt. And when all these older folks take advantage of children, I don't like it. When I read it and I see it, it grieves my spirit. Because Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven. And I'm passionate about what I do in life. That I, as the, song, as the little song says, if I can help somebody as I pass along, then my living shall not be in vain. I want to be able to help somebody that when I'm gone, they can, they can have a story to talk. They can have something. I must leave a story. That's why I said three things. Your life must have a, a story, a beginning, a middle, and, an, and end. an end. Yes. How important is prayer? Prayer is your weapon to eliminate a lot of things, evil, because a lot of people do not know that we, we contend with a lot of evil because the scriptures tell us in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power and spiritual wickedness in high places. We, we contend with demons and all those things. That's why so much is being spoken. About, a lot of people don't believe, but a lot of being spoken about generational curse. That's where it comes from. But it's time for us to start focusing on generational blessing. We're a blessed nation. We're a blessed people. And there are people out there who we have to pray against these things. Power. There is power in prayer. We experience it. Paul and Silas. Power of their prayer release them from prison. Peter. Power, release him from prison. From prison, Daniel, power of his prayer, release him from the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, power of prayer, release them from the fiery furnace. And I could go on with many, many more. And I've seen people in this own life too who power, the power of prayer, have released and revived. Prayer is important. A prayer life, a Christian without a prayer life is a powerless Christian. A Christian without a prayer life is a powerless Christian. You're like a ship without a sail heading 
nowhere because you have no direction, you have no focus, you have nothing to hold on to. So you have to learn how to pray. And Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. So we have to pray. Tell us about Grace and Mercy Ministry, the ministry for you and you and you. Wow, that's a beautiful, beautiful ministry. Grace and Mercy Ministry. It's a ministry which about over a year now I have developed. I remember one day sitting at my computer and the Spirit spoke to me and said, it's time for you to launch out. And I'm like, launch out where? How? And it said, it's time for you. You have the word, you have been praying for people, but it's time to go beyond that. And I sat there and I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Then one of my friends, I called and I, this young minister lady, and, and I was telling her, and she said, we want you to become a part of the prayer team at church. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And through all of that, that was how Grace and Mercy Ministry was birthed March 4th, 2021. Wow, congratulations. March 4th, 2021, 2021. Grace and Ministry was born. A ministry for you and you and you. It's a ministry to help you with your daily walk, to help you with your spiritual life, to pray with you, to admonish you, to lift you up. I am here for people because I'm a people-to-people -people person. I believe in helping people. I believe in praying for people. I believe people need my help. And I think that's the purpose of my life. So that's how Grace and Mercy Ministry comes. There are so many messages on there. You can go to t.me forward slash Grace and Mercy Ministry and you'll find me. t.me forward slash grace and mercy ministry and you'll find all over over almost over a hundred and something or more Whoa. messages on various different topics that i've spoke on and i'll put that in the show notes guys so you are an intercessor prayer sir do you feel overwhelmed or scary based on the request that these persons come to you with sometimes because some of the requests some people come with, sometimes it makes you wonder. Mm. And especially when they come with requests of going through struggles mm -hmm. on a daily basis, mm -hmm. marital problems, children, and so many different things. Sometimes I wonder. People go through these things? Yes. But it gives me courage to pray with them. It gives me courage to intercede on their behalf. It gives me courage and strength to know that God says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And if he can give so much, why can't I give back? So I'm giving back what has been given to me. What is your idea of God? What does he look like? Wow. Number one, God does answer his prayer. But the problem is with a lot of us, we don't like to wait. When you go to a doctor, you wait in a waiting room. When you go to the bank, you wait in a line. When you go to the grocery store, 
your weight in a line. So it's just the same. When you go to God and God says, wait. Sometimes the thing you're asking God for, he's saying, wait, I have something better for you. Amen. Or he's saying, wait, let me work out things for you. But we don't like to hear the word wait. We want God to be a microwave God, an instant thing. If I pray now, I must get it now. No, sometimes God is putting you through some things to see how much you are made of, to see what you will do, to see how you will react to certain things. I remember one year I was praying about a situation. And if I tell you the honest truth, 15 years I sat and did not work when I came to this country. Mm. Nobody would hire me. 15 years until I got my breakthrough. 15 years and I got my breakthrough. I got my breakthrough when I prayed about my eyes. I got my breakthrough when one morning I woke up and realized I could see again. I got wow. my breakthrough through so many things. So prayer is real. God does answer this. The perspective of God is a spirit. The word of God says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a living being. He exists. He bears in three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity. God speaks to mankind still. When, Adam, when Moses said, God, I will not go without your presence. Because Moses has never seen the face of God. But he has always seen the back of God. And he has always heard the voice of God. Remember when God met him and said, Moses, Moses, take off thy shoe from off thy feet. For the ground on which thou standest is holy ground. Yes. So God does exist. Look at when Abraham, and he told Abraham to make take his son as a sacrifice. But when he was preparing the sacrifice, God said, no. He, he see, see, see the faith in Abraham and said, I'll provide, provide a lamb in the bush, for, a ticket in the ram for you. So God does exist. God will deliver. But it's for our faith goes right back to what our faith and our belief. We have to learn to trust and have confidence that God does exists you uh do editing for your programs and tell me about technology back in the day when you're at school versus now well as i said every day i wish i had what i had now <laughs> i would have done i would have done more than what i've done back then then it was hard using a cassette player <laughs> it wasn't easy oh. using a cassette player i've grown from using a cassette player to reel to reel to use um, a track, mini track, CD, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. Using a cassette, you had to reel to a certain point. Sometimes the cassette roll out on you. You have to use something and wind, wind it back in it, get jammed. Ooh, it was not pretty. But today, technology opened up a wider scale because now digital, I can just easily edit, bam. Even if it's something I want to take out, I can just put it at that spot, bam, take that out, bam, put in the new piece. Couldn't do that with cassette. You have to record over the whole thing. Awesome. Real to real, you had to record over the whole thing. Wind back to that spot and record over it. Could you give us a little piece of your Father's Day message coming up? Well, my Father's Day message that is coming up is going to be a whole series of different fathers in the Bible. It ranged from Adam 
all the way down to our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. It will be speaking about the fathers, men of faith, with strong faith. Today, we need fathers with strong faith. Today, we need men with strong faith. We need figure role fathers and men to stand up in the society, to be who God has called them to be, the fathers God has called them to be, the husband God has called them to be, the grandfathers, the cousins, the nephews. We need to see men. We would not be seeing so much of a lack in our society if men were truly standing up and if fathers were truly... When you really look back, look at a father in the Bible, at the figure of father in the Bible. And when I look at Ezekiel, how when he, his two sons, and God had to literally take them out because they were seducing the women at the church. And he would not warn his son, Eli. And Eli did not warn his children. He did not correct them. And God had to literally kill the two boys. We need to see fathers more responsible. Train up your children the way they ought to go. Lead them into the right direction. If fathers were really playing father's role, I don't think we would see half of what we're seeing today in society. We would have seen better young men and better young men today if they were really standing up. A lot of them grew up without father. A lot of them grew up not knowing who their true father is. And it's sad. Sad. True. It breaks down the home. True. I went through your entire devotionals when I was on Telegram. It was quite... I don't, I don't know. Telegram needs to partner with the Apple to, to, to fix up their accessibility, but I went through the devotionals and the one that got my attention so much is I am a winner. Sir <laughs> Bill, take it away along with your word of prayer. I am a winner. I am a winner was created one morning I got up and the whole song, I am a winner was just ringing in my head. And in life, all of us can be winners. But you have to be consistent, persistent. Even when you stand at your crossing point, which is your Red Sea. Your Red Sea, just like Moses when he stood at the Red Sea. And God is getting ready to open up your Red Sea for you to cross over. God is getting ready to do some amazing things in our life. But we are all winners. Don't ever tell yourself that you're a loser in life. Don't ever hold down on yourself and tell yourself that you can't do nothing. Don't ever look at yourself and tell yourself that everybody else can, but I can't. Tell yourself you are a winner. Tell yourself that you are on top of the mountain. Tell yourself that you can go through the valley. Tell yourself that you can go through the storm. Tell yourself that you are able, more than able, because God says it and it is so. So you are all winners, victorious winners. Don't let nothing stop you from being a winner. You see winners, what you see a person when they run track and field, what they do, they have to train and they have to push real hard to win the race. You can do the same. You can be winners when you push hard, when you persist, when you pursue, because that's the question. Should I, when David asked the question, should I persist? Should I overtake? Yes, persist and overtake, my friend. Don't lag behind. Be a winner because you're all winners. No matter what, we are all winners. So be a winner today. Be a winner tomorrow. 
be a winner throughout the year. Stand up and be counted as a winner. Awesome, sir, Bill. Awesome. I was just here sitting here and listening and just taking everything in. You want to say hi to anybody out there in the world? I just want to say blessings to all of you who are listening. And I want to encourage you all to stay tuned to her program each and every day. I want to say to you, encourage somebody. You don't know what they are going through. You don't know what they are feeling. You don't know what pain they are feeling. But there's a story in the Bible which speaks about Jesus on the Sabbath. And everything they cared about, they cared about the cows, they cared about everything. But there was a woman. For 80 years, she walked bent over. And the church did not even care about her situation. Mm. Let us begin to care about people's situation. Don't look at people with disability in a wrong way and feel and have a pity party for them. They don't want pity party. They want you just to bless them. They just want for you to say to them, continue doing what you're doing. Amen. Because there are some people who like to tear us down, but we are more than conquerors. Amen. We are winners. Here I go back with my word. We are all winners. Winners. <laughs> no matter what, we are all winners. So I want to encourage the world at large and the popular at large. And as I said, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on t.me forward slash grace and mercy ministry. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Bill Silverway at WhatsApp. Bill Silverway on WhatsApp. And you can link me and I will help you through what you need, whatever situation you need. And may God bless you. May God keep you one and all and shine upon you as you go through your daily tasks. God bless. Blessings to you, sir. Thank you so much for your time and your words of wisdom and encouragement. So that's it, folks. Remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you soon. This is Caribbean Professionals, LLC, where simplicity is the best thing. We provide a wide range of services including audio editing, website building and maintenance, music production, just to name a few. Are you an entrepreneur or music producer or tired of office management handling? Let us take care of it for you. That's right, you heard me. We provide virtual assistant services to take care of your office management needs. We also offer a wide range of courses such as podcast training, public speaking, and entrepreneurship consultation for small, medium, and large enterprises. So come, let us take your brand and put it into the world's hands. Our team is ready to serve you in true Caribbean style. Yes, come and talk with us. We are Caribbean Professionals LLC, where simplicity is the best thing.